Hello, Club Sandwich, and welcome back to a very special episode. I'm Sam. And I'm Mitch, and today we're excited and honored to welcome our most incredible guest thus far, Sanford University President Dr. Beck Taylor. This is the highlight of my presidential career at Stanford. <laughs> wow. Being with Sam and Mitch and Club Sandwich, amazing. We have amazing. that on record now, right? <laughs> Thank you, sir. I, I'm honored to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use that soundbite for everything. <laughs> for every job do. application you have. <laughs> of course, and, and we didn't pay him to say Immediately it. <laughs> in the resume. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're very glad to have you here this morning. We know that this is uh, a crazy time of the year for you. Absolutely. Just the, the late winter, everybody is trying to get as much taken care of as they can before Christmas, and we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, make it here. You bet. Very much so. Um, so before we kind of like get into things, we had been emailing you to try and see if we could make this happen, and one of the things that you had mentioned was that you had at some point listened to parts of the podcast. So <laughs> I had to we, see what I was getting into. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, we just wanted to see, like, and, and be honest, what did you think you were getting into beforehand? Well, um, you know, I knew it was a podcast, and I knew it was done by two Sanford students. Right. And um, I'm not a huge connoisseur of podcasts. I mean, I've listened to my fair share of podcasts, and I've even tried to do my own at times. Oh, wow. And so I know how difficult it is. I know um, how hard it is to bring relevant, good, entertaining programming <laughs> to the table every single Saturday morning. I, I get that. <laughs> um, so I was quite eager, you know, to go out and listen. And um, I listened to a couple of parts of a couple of different podcasts. And my takeaway was these are two guys who like to have fun together, <laughs> right? Um, who like to bring uh, kind of cultural uh, conversation Absolutely. To your audience, right. um, and with a little bit of a Sanford spin. Yeah, and wow. so I don't know if that's the tagline now of your program. That's that, a better that summary is... than I've ever given anyone <laughs> yeah. has asked me about the show. But I tell you what, what captivated me was um, that you guys like to have fun. Okay. Yes, sir. and so that you know, if if it was a stuffy podcast where I was going to be required to opine on the state of Christian higher education in the United States today, <laughs> now I mean I could do that stuff, but that wouldn't be very much fun. Right, will strike and out the second part of my interview <laughs> questions. <laughs> so, um, so that's really uh, what got me excited about being on the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, awesome. I would definitely say for us that we we won't like to, you know, hit you with these hardball questions. Um, you can. Okay. Don't, don't let what I just said prevent you from doing what you want course, to do. Of but, but. Well, I think we had had the goal of trying to ask you more fun questions that you probably don't get asked as much in other interviews. So um, we did want to ask. We talk about uh, movies and, like, our favorite media a lot on the show. So we wanted to know if you have, like, a favorite movie or TV show that, like, you're very excited to talk about. Right. Like, this is kind of the part yeah. where you just – our goal, like Mitchell said, like we want to ask you questions that you have not been able to like put out in a public space before. Sure. And so if you have something that you just want to go on a tangent about, <laughs> now's your chance. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, kind of what are my cultural interests? I, um, you know, I like to veg like everybody else, right? Um, my job is fun and exciting, but it's exhausting. Right. And so like everybody else, I like to unplug and the ways we like to unplug in the Taylor house is um, we do like to sometimes turn off media, frankly, and mm. do some reading or right. just some kind of solitary um, things. But when we're really trying to kind of unplug, we do like 
probably what every other college student does, and that is we turn on a screen <laughs> and we say, entertain me, right? right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so we, um, we do like TV series, and Julie and I typically um, have the same taste, but sometimes we depart um, in our taste. British crime TV series <laughs> <clears throat> we, we love. Specifically British. Yeah, specifically British. Anything oh, you can get on BritBox. That, you know, uh, murder mystery, but with a British flair. You know, I can I mean, I can listen to anybody <laughs> with an accent, right? So right. especially a Scottish, thick Scottish broke. Um, <laughs> things that uh, that I would just mention as highlights on the TV side for me. I'm a huge Game of Thrones. Oh, really? really? Yeah. And, um, and really liked House of the Dragon. Okay. Um, Julie and I both watched House of the Dragon and thought it was a good series. And so we're excited about the continuation of that series. Um, Breaking Bad was oh probably my, my favorite <laughs> TV series of all time. Wow. You are joking. How many times have you guys watched Breaking Bad all the way through? I, I've only gotten through most of the first season. I've okay. only started watching it recently, but Sam, I know, is really in love with the show. I have, I've told him so many times, you've, just, you've got to make it through that first season, but once like you're past that, yes. it is a gold mine. Yes. I have made it through the entire show once. And I have seen. Did you watch El Camino, the movie? That I did watch it? El Camino. Yep. I and Better Call Saul. Are you a Better Call Saul fan? I see. I I've been meaning to start on that because I finished um, El Camino over the summer, and I wanted to get into Better Call Saul. But I've been trying to put together like a group of people to watch it with me yeah. because that yeah. is a long series. It's a long series, and I will admit, as much as I like Breaking Bad, and I've seen it three times all the way through. Wow. Um, I have started and stopped. Better Call Saul at least a half a dozen times. Uh, so I mm -hmm. just there's just something about it I can't get into. Right. Um, so anyway, but that has to and it's so why do I like it? It's so theologically rich. Mm. Really? I mean, it is a show about the depravity of man. Right. It's a show about how um mass murderers, um felons, people who end up in prison, they don't wake up one day. And say, oh, I'm going to make decisions today that could yield those outcomes, right? right? Right. More likely, it is a series of small, seemingly inconsequential decisions that yield the terrible outcomes right. that befell the characters in that show. Exactly. Um, and so uh, I think that's what hooks me on it. In you wow. know, no matter no matter how many bad decisions I've made in my life, I can always watch that show and go, "Yep, haven't done that, <laughs> haven't done that, haven't done that." So you know, a poor man's um, Breaking Bad is Ozark. <laughs> <laughs> I've I, heard that actually. Yeah, that, and so that's I would, the one with I would, Jason I would, Bateman. Jason right? Bateman. Okay. And so I would I would recommend that. So anyway, so that's the TV side, right? <laughs> so ep, ep, episodic, epic series that mm -hmm. you know kind of captivate the dark side. Right. Is kind of where I'm at. Um, on, in terms of movies, um, you know, my favorite mo two movies of all time are Chariots of Fire, mm -hmm. a movie that won, I think, the 1981 Academy Award for Best Picture, and uh, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, <laughs> yes. Wow. And, um, you know, of course, both uh, have uh, huge theological kind of underpinnings. Um, 
I don't know if you've ever, I, it sounds like you've seen Shawshank Redemption, amazing <laughs> yes, sir. movie. Uh, Chariots of Fire, probably not. I'm reminded I'm not. that my telling you or recommending Chariots of Fire would have been like somebody recommending to me in college to go back and watch a film from the late 1940s. <laughs> so I get it. Um, but if you're ever just bored and looking for something to watch, Chariots of Fire is an amazing um, movie as well. Well, it's an official presidential recommendation. Yeah. Right. I feel like it's, it's our civic duty we are more than uh, obliged to yes, watch chariots of, course, of fire of course <laughs> all right next next movie night it's chariots of fire there you go there you go and then we're That's... we're a big music family right so oh, yeah. uh, you probably know our oldest son of is course. a pop musician right and so uh music has always been a part of our home everything from from gospel and religious music to um, I, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s, mm -hmm. so I grew up on people like James Taylor and the Mamas and the Papas and the Beach oh, Boys. Right. right. And interestingly, you can hear some of those influences in Zach's music, which is kind of cool. Oh yeah. Um, so but um, you know, we because our, we have a son in the pop music industry, we tend to listen to a lot of um, bedroom pop and you know uh, current pop music as a result of that. So yeah. right. Yeah. So who would you say like? Like if you just shuffled, or, or well, okay. First question: Are you a Spotify or Apple Music user? Uh, we're Apple Music. Okay. Yeah, we've okay. we've bought into the machine. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I will I, I will have to say we we are Apple Music because our son Zach um, has uh, a deal with Apple Music. Okay. Well, so you know we feel like we're sense. we're helping pay his paycheck, which, good, <laughs> which comes around at the end, right? right. He's our retirement plan, so it, it works. It works yeah. in the end. It's an it's, investment. Yeah. <laughs> to it's use an Apple Music in the future. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you were to like just shuffle your phone right now, like who do you think oh, man. some Oh, are we doing this live? You're reaching into <laughs> yeah, your pocket to pull yeah, out the let's, phone. Let's take a look. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get the <laughs> Beck Taylor curated Apple Music playlist. Oh, uh, let me see here if I can uh, get a signal uh, here at Sanford University. <laughs> <laughs> Known for having yeah. troublesome so, Wi-Fi. So, you know, when I came on board uh, about 18 months ago, we had some fun with the idea that, you know, I am a child of the 70s and 80s. And so we had some fun with the idea that I'm a huge ABBA fan, right? <laughs> I mean, who isn't a fan of the Swedish rock band ABBA? How could I've you never not be? known anyone who isn't. Yeah. So um, so they're, they're the first on my list. But, of course, it's alphabetical. <laughs> Alphabetically. <laughs> you know? But, um, you know. Uh, what a heck of a way to start, though. <laughs> my, my kids make fun of me um, because, like, the, the last— or the second to last big concert I went to was Imagine Dragons. Oh, really? And that's such a dad band. You know, that's such a, <laughs> that's such a, a, you know, I mean, that would fit my demographic, right? Uh, I'm early 50s, you know, but but they're big sound. Um, yeah, for sure. But the, the last stadium concert I went to was just a couple of months ago, and that was Elton John. Sir, oh, Sir Elton John. On the farewell wow. tour? On the farewell, goodbye, Yellow Brick awesome. Road yes, sir. tour in Nashville. We drove up to Nashville to see him in concert, which was amazing. I saw him on that same tour in New Orleans. Do they still have the bongo guy? They do have the bongo oh, guy. Oh, my gosh. Who steals that makes the show, frankly. Of course. If I was Sir Elton, I would be a little bit miffed. <laughs> exactly. That the bongo guy is upstaging me. You maybe know. maybe Elton will be playing the bongos on the next, <laughs> <laughs> on the next show. Little, little roll reversal there. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, I mean, Elton, certainly 70s. Again, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s. James Taylor, Neil Diamond, the Beach Boys. Right. Um, but it, when I, we were coming of age, you know, it was during the height of, or the beginning, really, of grunge, right? Mm -hmm. 
for Julie and me, the 90s are a lost decade. My parents say the same thing. Yeah, and you want to know why, Mitchell? It's because we were raising kids. Exactly. That's the what 90s. they always say There was to me. not a lot of listening to music, right? Well, there was. It was Barney and, uh, you know. Uh-oh. That was the music. Yeah, that was the music of the day. It you took know? me a second. I was like, who, who is Barney? Yeah, who, who was is making grunge <laughs> under the name Barney in the 90s? But so, you know, we never got into grunge. Although I would say when Julie and I were in college, Nirvana was certainly kind of making. Mm. You know, unavoidable. Unavoidable. Avoidable. Um, and then um, Julie and I went to school in Texas. And so while neither of us are big country music fans, you could not avoid, you know, line dancing. You Absolutely. could not avoid the <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus um, movement. <laughs> the achy, breaky heart. The achy, breaky heart. <laughs> and Julie and I spent our Friday nights um doing two ste- two stepping. Oh, really? Uh, that's that's how we kind of it was a cheap date and so we loved to dance <laughs> Those together. Are the best. And so we would we would twirl one another around on on the on the the peanut and sand laden floor of, <laughs> of some 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 fun honky tonks, you know, doing a lot of two stepping as well. Awesome. Got to. Yeah. That is that's really amazing. And funny, you mentioned peanut. I thought that was going to be a very strange segue into talking about your dog. <laughs> I was like, where is this one going? <laughs> okay, well, that is good stuff. I feel we feel like talking about or giving people an opportunity to talk about their favorite media like that is so much more of a personality test or like a window into the soul than those like the the Myers-Briggs, like those kinds of things. Yeah. I feel like I know way more about a person if they're an ABBA and James Taylor fan than if they're like in... INTJ. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's that was a very revelatory experience yeah. for the both yeah. of us. Yeah, that was really cool. And that's funny that you got that out of the way because we did have written down for one of our questions was um, that we saw that, you know, we did our own research. Um, we had looked into, like, we saw that you'd graduated from Baylor in 1992, and um, we looked at, like, the biggest releases from then in music, and it was, of course, Billy Ray Cyrus's Some Gave All and Pearl Jam's 10. And so we were going to ask, were you more of a grunge guy or were you growing no, up? No, no, I, I really never got into grunge that much. Of course... Everybody was listening to Nirvana at the time, right? They were really cutting, I think, new t- new territory and grunge. But um, the '90s are just a lost decade, yeah, yeah for us. So. so, so you really only had like the shows that you had to watch with your kids, and like that kind. That of was music. it. I'm telling you, when you're parenting, you know, toddlers, it's all about um, making sure nobody kills themselves. <laughs> yeah, so, right. I, I often say that parenting youngsters is all physical, right? It's right. guarding the boundaries. It's making sure no you know, forks go into any socket. Exactly. Yeah. Um, when you get into the junior high and uh, high school, it's all mental at that point, right? And so, um, but yeah, the '90s were all about making sure nobody walked off a ledge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The bleach exactly. is on the top. Shelf. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much more of a dangerous time. Yeah. Um, well, we kind of weren't like building off of that of the graduation. Like, we had a few questions about your college experience mm-hmm. we wanted to ask because, sure, obviously, we are college students ourselves trying to just play the game, make it through, give the old college try on everything. Um, so we you guys look like ask. you're doing just fine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, we'll, we'll start with kind of, I guess, an easier one, more approachable for our audience. 
Was there a class that Beck Taylor, oh. it was just the bane of his existence? <laughs> well, I have to admit, I, I, was, um, I was a good student. Uh, Shocker. And that probably isn't a surprise knowing the profession <laughs> I ended up in. It's turned out well for you. <laughs> it, yeah, it has worked out okay. Um, I, I will say, I will tell you, and I don't know that I've shared this with any student at any time. I, I made mainly A's, a couple B's. I made one C in college. Okay. <gasps> And the, and the C I made in college was in marriage and family. Wow. Oh, Why did no. you have to take that class? You well, it was like economics, it was, a, right? it was a Yeah, I was an economics major, but marriage and the family, I think, was a sociology elective. Oh, okay. So it checked a box, you know, for me. Right. And um, it, it should have been a great class. Honestly, it was <laughs> team taught by a married couple, um, cool. two sociologists in the Department right. of Sociology there at Baylor. But um, I just could never really get excited about it, right? Huh. And, <laughs> and you know, this is, you know, I've been married 30 years now, <laughs> and we've got three kids. And I would say for, on most metrics, it's been successful. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know that I ever revealed to Julie that I made a C in that class. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my follow-up question. <laughs> but uh, for whatever reason, you know, I just didn't click with the faculty member. And that sometimes happens, right? You just, right. you know, despite the the content of the class, you just, you're not feeling it. Um, so that was the one class I embarrassingly say I, I made a C in. But apparently I didn't really need it to, to be successful in marriage <laughs> yeah. and family. So, yeah. Obviously. You should have been the one teaching the class. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say this. I, I do think there's an, there's an old saying that education is wasted on the young. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I think, I, think the, I think the background of that statement is that so much of the college experience, particularly in the classroom, is exposing students to ideas and thinkers um, and concepts that I think are important to 18 to 22-year-olds, right? but can often be put into context later in life, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, when I'm out on the road talking with Sanford alums, they will often tell me how much they appreciated the course sequence at Sanford. When I'm talking to current students, not so much. <laughs> you know, I mean, I get a mixed bag of responses, right? And right. so there are classes that I took uh, and opportunities that I had as a college student that I wish I had taken more seriously because now as a 53-year-old, I think, oh, that is so applicable to what, you know, what we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. um, that, that line of thinking, those thinkers, those ideas would be so helpful today knowing what I know now, right? right? So it's not that they're wasted on 18 to 22-year-olds. I just think life brings you context sometimes right. that helps to put all of that kind of in order. Um, and so there, I'm sure there were classes that I took. I, here's one, art appreciation. I wish I had paid more attention <laughs> in art appreciation because as an adult, having had the opportunity now to go to places like Rome and Florence and Venice mm -hmm. and see incredible works of art, and to try to understand those works of art in context, that art appreciation class would have come in really handy. <laughs> so I found myself as an older adult now reading a lot in those areas that I probably would have understood much better had I just paid attention more in class. Yes, sir. That is, yeah. that is fascinating. And that, that is something that like, because I'm in the university fellows program and Mitchell is a biblical studies major. And so we get a lot of like philosophy and provoking thought like on the day-to-day -day, and after like large just kind of clumps of it it gets to a point where I'm like all right this is 
this is just schoolwork. I've just got to get the reading done and <laughs> yeah. make it through the presentation sure, in class sure. and everything. But like, I am going to, like, I'm I'm interested to see how this will become applicable in the uh, next like 10, 20 uh, years. And maybe some of it won't, frankly. I mean, you know, uh, I think, you know, academics that say, you know, everything you learn in college is going to be important to you later. That's, you know, that's not true. Um, <laughs> you know, you're learning some things now that, that might not be applicable to your future lives. But what you are learning is how to think, how to read mm. critically, how to write, how to communicate. And these are durable skills, right? These are things Absolutely. that are going to benefit you for years to come. And so there's the content that you're learning in college, and some of that's going to be important for you. But more important are the more durable things that you're learning, um, how to think well about ideas, how to critically analyze arguments, how to write, how to express yourself, how to you know form and um, shape healthy relationships. I mean, these are the, Absolutely. the things that college gives you that I think are really the valuable things. Yes, sir. Forward. Right. Yeah. Man, if I had a dollar for every time I'd call my dad about a class and he said, you're just learning how to learn right now. <laughs> I had so much of that in high school. I went to a classical school. So it's kind of a similar environment to a liberal arts school yep. where it's very much so about kind of developing a toolbox in sure. a lot of ways uh, for things you can do. And so I had always had that kind of put on me like a lot of this right now, like you may like people like there's always times high school students complain like when am I ever going to use the quadratic formula I want to be like a pastor so like um but I think it's the hardest things that I've had to struggle with have kind of taught me the most not necessarily about you know maybe I didn't really need to know something yeah. about math but like yeah. it taught me how to think and wrestle with something and so absolutely I, and it taught yeah. you taught you an appreciation for math right right I mean Mitchell you may mar marry a mathematician one day <laughs> of you know course. and so I mean um I think going through life, having an appreciation for the things we're good at, the things we're not good at, but also the appreciation for the folks that are just incredibly talented at things that don't draw our attention or interest, right. but knowing how important those things are. My daughter's in medical school, my oldest daughter's in medical school, and she was a scientist uh, in college, and I just stand back and marvel right? At, that there's somebody who really likes to crunch equations. You know, there's somebody <laughs> who really likes to learn, you know, chemical reactions. You know, that's not my thing, but gosh, we need those folks, right? <laughs> so college also helps you learn to appreciate, appreciate those other disciplines things. and fields as yeah, well. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I did not have like a whole lot of respect for like any kind of, um, I guess now the appropriate term would be the Brock stars, but now I've met so many friends who are having to do, crunch all those numbers and do that kind of money math every day that I'm like, man, I'm really going to have to hire one of y'all in a couple years to figure out my taxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, another, I guess, college-related question. If you could go back mm. to freshman year Beck Taylor and just give him some advice and kind of talk to him about some things or like a heads up of things to come, what would you want to say to him? Mm, that's so good. Um, you know, we just talked about just, you know, living, you know, taking advantage of every opportunity you have. I mean, what a blessing it is for us to be at Sanford, for many of the listeners of the show. Absolutely. You know, I mean, what a gift Seriously. that is. And I think um, it's absolutely human sometimes to take that for granted. I fall into that trap. You do, too. Um, we're not being critical of, of folks who do. But to be able to pull ourselves out of that temptation, to take it for granted, to wake up every morning and know the gift it is, to the luxury it is, to be at a place that invites you to learn, 
to be in relationship and community. What did I, I mean? There are people who would give their right arms, right, for the experiences that we're having absolutely right, right now here on campus. So that would be certainly something that I would want to try to remind the 18-year-old Beck Taylor of. Um, I have always lived life with a, a sense of urgency. Um, that's just kind of how I'm wired. Right. Um, I'm achievement oriented. Um, uh, I like doing things of significance, and so I've always um, I've always lived life with a little bit of urgency, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's some benefit to that. I've accomplished a lot. Um, I think as a leader, there are helpful things with that kind of disposition as I'm leading. But if I were Looking at the 18-year-old Beck Taylor, I would also say, you know, slow down a bit. (laughs) Right. You know, um, don't always be future-oriented. I would try to remind myself, and I I do remind myself often, live in the moment. Mm. Um, Take advantage of the current moment. Don't be so focused on the future that you forget to live the present. Mm. And I think for folks who are wired like me, goal-oriented, aspirational, all of that. I think that sometimes we have to be um, reminded to kind of live in the moment. Um, Julie is very much uh, a live-in-the-moment kind of person, and so she is a person in my life that often reminds me, hey, let's just kind of slow down here and just take all of this in. Absolutely. Um, you know, we don't always have to immediately move on to what's to what's next. Um so those would be a couple of things I think I would try to remind myself as yeah, an eighteen-year-old. Wow. Yeah. When is the, when is the self-help book coming out? <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm not very good at navel gazing, um, and so I don't read a lot of navel gazing uh, books on self-help and things like that. <laughs> um, but but I will say, as I've gotten older, I have grown in my appreciation for the ways that God makes people differently. Mm. Mm. And while it, it perhaps is a folly of youth to expect everybody to kind of be like you, right? Mm-hmm. And perhaps younger people, we spend a lot of our times trying to turn others into ourselves, right? Yes. And I think as I've gotten older, I've appreciated the ways that God makes people differently and how, as a community, we need all of those people, right? We need the stop and smell the roses folks. We need the folks who are stuck in the past, you know, yeah. who are <laughs> constantly trying to kind of remind us of the, the 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 mistakes we've made. And then we need the 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 future setters, right? We need the folks who are looking to the horizon. Um, I I have grown in my appreciation for the fact that God has created all of those people. We need all of those people around us mm-hmm. to form community. Um, I work with a leadership team here at Sanford that's full of people who are wired differently, and they're not like me. And I think as a 53-year-old leader now, I have a greater appreciation for why, as a leader, I need those folks around me. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's one thing, like, like in high school, I think that was definitely a problem that I suffered from, was trying to make people like me and specifically searching out the people who were the most similar to me. Yeah. But, like, coming into college— I've ended up making yes. friendships with people who are a lot different from me, and those have been some of the most like beneficial relationships. Like I didn't really Very expect so. it. There were some people that I've met through like Rush and through the. <laughs> are you aware of the um, the Mister Sanford pageant? I am on campus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was a contestant in that, and I met people through that. And I've always said that is the most random, like <laughs> unexpected community. Because I was like, what, what am I doing here? Uh, but 
I've made a bunch of relationships through things like that, and the ones where I have almost nothing in common with the people, some of those have turned out to be, like, the best, which is just a crazy, super, like, a Sanford experience yes. I'm super thankful for. Sam, that is so cool. I think that is really one of the best things about college is that you're thrown into a community that is diverse, it's different, people with different experiences. Never again will you two have the opportunity to be in a community like Sanford. Right. Um, you oh, will have the opportunity to curate your community as you leave Sanford, right? And I would encourage you guys to curate it in such a way um, that you invite that kind of diversity into your life. Um, bring the contrarian into your life. Bring the people who have vastly different experiences because that's what makes life fun, and it is also what allows us to develop empathy. It is what allows us to develop a bigger understanding of the world. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I always bring up is because I'm on our student recruitment team, so I lead, I lead tours every now SRT. and then. And I'll bring that up like I'm from Birmingham, and so when I was going to college in Birmingham, a lot of my friends who were going to different schools were like, oh, you're just going to go to a school in Birmingham after living in Birmingham and just be around Birmingham forever? But, like, the large majority of my friends here aren't from Birmingham or have, like, really never lived in Alabama their whole lives. Yep. Because, of course, like Sam's from Mississippi. My closest friends are from Tennessee. My girlfriend's from Michigan. I know people from California, from all over the place. And, like, those relationships and friendships have been the ones that have, like, introduced me to the most things I've never been around before. Yeah. People that have come from different backgrounds, different denominations of like their faith and um, like just totally different upbringings that I never would have been around if I hadn't really thrown myself into a college community. So I really do agree with you. Like there's you so much. So important. That, so important. Seriously. And I was talking about this uh, yesterday. Well, I guess yesterday from this recording, not by the time the episode comes out. We always get confused because we record our episodes <laughs> and then release them on Saturdays. But um it's been so much fun to see like things people are passionate about that you do not care about at all. Yes. And it's really <laughs> it's really funny to hear that. Like I have friends who are super into Star Wars and I just don't I cannot make myself get into Star Wars. I know that's a hot take for a lot of people. <laughs> but, like, hearing them talk about that, that's been super fun. Are you more of a Marvel guy? Or... Uh, actually, huh? I am. <laughs> we've, uh, we've, we've had several Marvel-themed episodes on here. Um, it wasn't for me. I think part of it was that I watched them as a kid, and the concept of the fourth movie being the first one that came out confused me so much that I was just angry. I didn't want to watch. Just angry. Yeah. It was out of spite. Um, well, one question that we <laughs> we're we're going to preface this a little bit. Um, so we've we've had a few other guests on the show and they all needed to fill out an application with a few questions on it. Oh, Obviously, okay. you were a top priority guest and you got to just Skip out of that process. <laughs> no vetting. No vetting required for me. That's Absolutely no, not. No. Good. Um, and one of our favorite questions on there was, if you could fight any celebrity, who would it be and why? Now we understand, as a university president, you may not be allowed to I say that. I abhor violence. And <laughs> yes. I uh, speak strongly against it. But if I were in a fight, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this sounds prepared. <laughs> Oh, that, that's not an easy question. Yeah. You by no means have to answer. We yes. have an alternative if yeah. you want to, to do something more We do have a cop-out. I mean, who doesn't want to get in a slap-off with Will Smith right now, right? I mean, just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just mano y mano. 
let's see how many each one of us could take, right? Okay. I mean, <laughs> oh, like, like going back yes, and forth. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> but what's your alternative question? I mean, Chris Rock did take it like a champ. So oh, I was gonna say you're, so well. you're a Chris Rock ally yeah. right now. He handled that so well. Um, I mean, really, come on, what a surreal moment that was. Crazy, that was bizarre. Yeah, I still actually, can't believe that happened. I, I can't believe it either. On yeah. my television, we actually debated about that in one of my philosophy classes. Yeah. That <laughs> we, really happened. Yeah, we argued what like was Will Smith justified, <laughs> and I don't think we ever came to a conclusion that I'm willing to put on, live on the air. But um, you know, he's he's got a flick coming out here soon, um, and he's on kind of the. Uh, reputation repair circuit right now. So oh, yeah. yeah, he's he's trying to drum up interest in his movie that's coming. Which out. is so funny because I feel like up until that moment he was one of the most oh, like likable people in oh, Hollywood. Yeah, uh-huh. like he uh-huh. went from the Fresh Prince to a hip hop <laughs> career that I will defend until the day I die. I I think '90s Will Smith is some of the best oh, hip hop yeah. music there's ever been made. Of course, Men in Black. I love Men in Black. Men in Black. Yeah, <laughs> and then a bunch of. Uh, he did that guess, sci-fi movie too that was really good. Um, I think I know which one you're talking about. But uh, Fourth of July. He was in oh, Fourth of Ju- uh, Independence. Day? Independence Day. Yeah. That's yeah, what it was called. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess. Well, man, we are really glad you answered that. We <laughs> we we were fully prepared. Um, but the alternative is one of the most like basic icebreaker questions ever. If you could have like dinner with one celebrity yeah. slash famous person. Who would it be and why? Gosh, that is so... I mean, who wouldn't want to have dinner with U.S. presidents, right? Of course. Just of tell course. me... Tell me, you know, it, the room where it happened, right? I mean, I just <laughs> want to... Under, tell me that story, right? Yeah. So um, what's really cool about my job is that um, over the years, I have had the opportunity to have dinner and to have conversations with some amazing people, people who are in the room, politicians, leaders, academics... Um, probably uh, two of my favorite. Uh, I got to spend quite a bit of time with Condi Rice, Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary oh, of State, wow. National Security Advisor under President Bush, um, uh, a scholar in her own right, provost at Stanford University, um, uh, uh, a perennial contender for commissioner of the NFL, huh. um, ser- has served on, I, I, I think I think she owns part of an NFL team now. Um, so, but anyway, anyway, just a, a an amazing person, um, journalists, people like David Brooks, a columnist for the New York Times, um, people like Fareed Zakaria, who has a popular Sunday morning show on CNN, um, historians like Doris Kearns Goodwin, who's a presidential biographer. Um, Are you expecting one to be made soon? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. Um, but you know, I've had these these cool opportunities to kind of rub elbows with people who have done something significant in life. And what I've always come away from those conversations uh, knowing is that these are real people. Of course. You know, they put their pants on one leg at a time, they say. (laughs) Um, And um, they they have fascinating stories, obviously, to tell. But but these are people who, you know, they're just real people. You know, they're they're living their life, they're paying their bills, they're they've got family yeah. issues, you know, all of those things. So um, I've had cool opportunities in life to do some of that. That's amazing. Yeah. Definitely one of the perks of the job, it is. I would have to Absolutely. say. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We, we were had, we were yeah. talking about before you showed up this morning, um, we were talking about like just the the building that you work in is 
almost a straight shot from your house on the top of the hill. Yeah. And oh, we've yes. just got to say, if we were the president and we had the perks, I don't see why there couldn't be a work zip line a zip installed. Line? Sure. Just yeah. straight there. Has that, has that ever that be been cool? brought oh, up at a board Oh, yeah. We've, we talk about it all the time. A zip line or a gondola. Because i got to get it back up the hill, too. Oh, that's We said true. a ski lift. Yeah. Oh, right. oh yeah, a ski lift. That would, be, that would be interesting. Perfect. No, it's a great view up there. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. And when the wind's blowing right... You know, we can hear the bells ring. Oh, that's oh, amazing. What's going that's on cool. on campus? Yeah, it's an amazing <laughs> Every place time to be. when I start off a tour, we stand in front of Mr. Beast at the front of campus and we point there. Yeah, we yeah. Say, you know, our 19th president, his house is that one with all the windows up on the hill. We know when he goes to bed at night. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make that joke now. <laughs> I've never had that one in my You're just giving him new material. <laughs> when, when, those, when those lights go off, we know. We know. <laughs> Mitchell, have you ever been in the president's house? I have never gotten to go there. Oh, my goodness. Because oh. my freshman year, we had. Um, it was like yep. COVID year. Yeah, I mean, we did it down. Yeah, we did pops well. with the president down in yeah. uh, Cyber, Cyber Gym, right? I think. Yeah, I got to meet you there and shake your hand. Well, you guys I have to come up. Yeah, it's amazing. I actually did get to go this year for, I was a connections leader this year, and we got to go up and do that. And that was amazing. Good. Yeah. It was yeah. so cool. We tried to make it up to your class and to the juniors yes, as well. We, a, we appreciate it. We that. did a Sammy's and Jazz uh, event up at the house I saw uh, that. earlier this year. You know, speaking of stars, I was starstruck for the one of the first times in my life, like literally starstruck here on campus just a few weeks ago. Oh, Tony Hale. Tony Hale was right. on oh campus. <laughs> and let me tell That's you, right. I am I have a man crush on Tony Hale. That guy <laughs> is amazing. He's phenomenal. Um, He's hilarious. And when I found out he was a Sanford grad, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we Julie and I loved him in Veep. Yeah. Uh, loved his character. Just unbelievable actor. And so we were hosting a football game and he was it was homecoming. And we so we had him up to the president's box, and I, it was all that I could do, Sam, not to just kind of totally, <laughs> you know, uh, geek out on yes. him, you know, get a selfie. I I, I resisted Hale? every opportunity. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I so I don't cool. blame you. I funny enough, I actually got to meet Tony Hale that same weekend. Okay, because my dad was a I believe my dad was a freshman when Tony Hale was a senior. And they were both in Sigma Chi. They're in the same fraternity. Oh. And so they knew each other. And we have we have made fun of my dad for this for years. But he saw him a couple years ago and addressed him as Mr. Tony Hale, even though they were like less than three years apart and <laughs> at one point lived in the same building. Yeah. So you're you're not alone in yeah. wanting to geek out over him. Yeah. Um, That's... So I guess we're... Getting sort of near the end, but we've got just a few more fun ones to ask. Um, if the whole university president thing never really worked out, what's the what's the dream job? Like, were we going to see Beck Taylor, the professional bass player, or like Beck Taylor, the left tackle for the Miami Dolphins? Oh, if only I was that talented musically or athletically. Yes, <laughs> that would be that would be true. You know, um, I think aviation. Um, in really? space, I have never always, expected to hear that one. <laughs> have always fascinated me. Um, I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok, but my TikTok um, feed is curated by airplanes and huh. space stuff. I would have never guessed that you had a TikTok account. I do. I wouldn't have I either. do. Yeah. And so we have uh, some research to do after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't post anything on TikTok. Okay. I'm, I'm merely a consumer on TikTok. Okay. Um, but uh, my daughter, as I mentioned, my oldest daughter, she was a biophysics major in college and um, actually worked for NASA in college. And um, this latest uh, program where they um, 
where they intercepted an asteroid and tried to kind of get it off course. Anyway, she wrote some of the code huh, for, that, whoa. for that flight. Um, so she and I are known to get up in the middle of the night and watch a launch together. Um, so cool. I, so something in that, you know, NASA, space, exploring, scientific, maybe just as a mundane airplane pilot, you know, I mean, that I would be really I wouldn't call cool. that mundane. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that would be, <laughs> that that would be so fascinating cool. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I could definitely, like, at first that was a little surprising, but I can definitely see that, like, once you've, well, if you plan to retire, like, the retirement just, you get your pilot's license and that's, like, Do something like a that. hobby. Just yeah. grab Julie and y'all, yeah. are, y'all and you, are off. And you read some headline in the future, you know, experimental aircraft pilot. <laughs> 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 Built his own plane. That was not very smart. <laughs> uh, but you know what my dream job is? Really? Um, outside of being Sanford's president, my dream job is to host a talk show. Really? I, I can see it. I So... I have I've experimented with podcasts before. I've I've had presidential kind of speaker series Bex in the past. Bench. Be, you know, Beck's bench, whatever. Um, I love nothing more than talking with a guest that's done something interesting. Um, reading up on that person, doing a little bit of research, and just talking, doing kind of what you guys do. I would love. You guys are probably. Um, you guys are you guys probably are too young to remember some of the kind of iconic talk show hosts. Right. Larry Larry King mm-hmm. comes to mind. We know the names. People yeah. who made <laughs> careers out of sitting across a desk like this on TV mm-hmm. and just interviewing people. The Walter Cronkite style. I, yeah, I would love to. That would be an amazing job if somebody paid you just to do that to read books. I'd kill for it. Yeah, <laughs> just just to just to have conversations with interesting people. That would be a dream job. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the goal. I I feel a little guilty right now. I feel like we're we're we have living your the dream, dream job. <laughs> you are living the dream right now. <laughs> hey, let's propose a trade. You take over the podcast for about a week. We get the presidential. There are duties. some days I would make that trade. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I you guess... would you would totally trade to us on a day when you just have all the paperwork to get through. <laughs> that does kind of bring up a question. Of course, besides now we know we are sort of role models in your life. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I already told you this was the highlight of my Sanford career. <laughs> Do you have someone that you view as like an idol or a role model that is like you know out in the workforce or like has been like a career like politician or uh, anyone that's like really been inspiring? Yeah, you? sure. That's a great question. I mean, I've got a lot of role models in life. Um, you know, as a kid, as a young boy, of course, I looked up to athletes. Um, I grew up in the Michael Jordan era. Oh, yes. And so he's course. the king. I mean, uh, just no watching thing. him uh, take over a basketball game. And, so he's still better than LeBron. Oh, there's no, not even a question. Okay. Better than Kobe. I mean, this is, uh, yeah, um, Michael Jordan for sure. Um, in terms of just life, though, um, I married into an incredible family. Um, Julie's dad, is probably been the most consistent role model in my life. Just a faithful Christian man in business, um, but just somebody who's taught me how to do family, to do career, uh, to do faith, and to keep priorities in line. Um, he's still living, almost 80 years old, um, still very healthy, and so just having him in my life is just a huge um, blessing. That's awesome. Professionally, you know, I've grown up around a lot of college presidents, and I'll mention two that you would know about: Tom Quartz, Andy Westmoreland. <laughs> I uh, was waiting on that second. Yeah, Tom Tom Quartz um, hired me at Sanford for the very first time, 
And I came to Sanford from a job that I held at Baylor at the time, largely to work for Tom Quartz, hmm. who was um, just a giant in Christian higher education. Um, he announced his retirement that fall <laughs> that I arrived. <laughs> I tried not to take it uh, personally, um, but just to, to know Tom and and to 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 obviously be at a place that Tom stewarded so well. But then that um, brought Andy Westmoreland to campus, and so I got to work with and for Andy for four years before I headed off to my own college presidency. And knowing Andy for the last nearly 20 years um, uh, has just been a huge ben benefit and blessing in my life. And um, not only as a boss, as somebody that I reported to at Sanford, but when I became a college president at Whitworth, you know, changing that relationship to a peer relationship, um, uh, Dr. Westmoreland continued to be a, a mentor in my life, and so what a what a gift it is to follow in his footsteps at Samford, somebody that I love, um, that I adore, somebody that's just been so meaningful in, in my life, Gina Westmoreland as well. Um, what a gift it is to be able to be at Samford and follow in their footsteps. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I now notice when we had done, when we had started doing research, I noticed that there is an error on your Google page. That is not your fault. Okay. I, when you search Dr. Beck Taylor, uh-huh. Um, it says president of Whitworth University as the first like subtitle. Google needs to get it together. <laughs> it does that say is old news. That, affiliation Sanford University. Of course, it has like your education and things, but that is, it has. Is that Wikipedia or Google? I, I think it may be Wikipedia, okay. but it's like the first Google search result. It does say underneath uh, Whitworth University, oh but it goodness. has pictures of you at Sanford. Yeah. Google so I think that's under your together. Wikipedia page. Oh, we should have we should have done a deep dive into your Wikipedia page. <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> keeps hounding for donations and they can't even get their information right. Come on. <laughs> or have you have you ever seen um the the hot ones where a celebrity will eat like incredibly hot wings while having to answer tough questions? Yes. <laughs> they have a thing on there called like explain that gram where they pull up like an Instagram picture from somebody <laughs> that's just like strange or controversial and they have to explain it. We should have Oh, that's funny. We should or, have done or, more research. Or we could have that. done uh next time you have me on the show. Oh, there's we'll a do, next time We'll now. do read mean tweets. <laughs> I got, oh my I got a gosh. lot of those. Really? <laughs> That's fascinating. Are you are you serious? Do oh, you yeah. have any that come to mind? Like off the top of your head? Oh, that I don't. Okay you know, I don't know. You know, when you're in a position of leadership, um, particularly at a, a, a college or a university or a Christian college or university, you're just going to be in the crosshairs, right? You're, Absolutely. You're going to be at the point of the spear on a lot of folks. So, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. That's... That surprises me though, because I like, I don't know. The thing to me, it seems like, what can people say that you has been like a personal attack from you to them? Yeah, like, no, nothing, no, nothing ever personal. But you know, when you've got to make tough decisions, sometimes, and I, you, know, you, you, I suppose you know, that's fair. We we do live in a world where people are pretty opinionated these days, and you know, wow, every, everybody's got their own <laughs> their own press outfit on Twitter of or course. Facebook or Instagram. I think one. You talked about explain that, Graham. You, you you did recently upload a picture where, of course, we're glad that you're doing better now. But it was oh a yeah, picture yeah, where you <laughs> have up. your head bandaged. I know, um, yeah. I don't I think they took any gray gray matter. Um, <laughs> but this is this is the so here's a message to all you youngsters out there: wear sunscreen. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Texas, grew up in South Florida during the years where you know nobody used sunscreen, right? You know, and so I'm paying for it now. I think I'm I think I've successfully purchased my 
dermatologist lake house at this point. So, um, so I keep them, I keep them in business, but all is good. I'm never going to let a mole get the best of me. So absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm healing up. It's going to take more than that. It's going to take more than that to bring me down. Of course, we're glad that you're, you know, recovering. from. Thank you. (laughs) That, that would have been real unfortunate if we had mainly, you know, it's so interesting. I I sent that out mainly because I walked around for a couple of weeks with that big old bandage on my head. Oh, you you need to And I just wanted to let people know, you know, it's like, I didn't want to constantly answer that question. Why do you have a bandage? I'll save you some time. (laughs) That's what we, when people ask us like, oh yeah, like what do y'all talk about on the podcast? We just need to have like a predisposed answer. Like earlier this episode, when you talked about kind of what you thought about us, I'm going to go like cut that from the audio and like have a recording of it. And just anytime (laughs) somebody asks me to be like, don't let me tell you. Let the president tell <laughs> you. Have like a staples that was easy button. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's like a discussion of culture with a Sanford spin. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the least effective staples that was easy <laughs> button. That was not easy. But, um, well, Mitchell, yeah, you got anything else? Um, I think we'll start to wrap up here. There's just a couple more questions when I asked. Um, is there – you mentioned that you use TikTok, which is still kind of blowing my mind. Um, Not over that. Is yet. there a current trend or like something that goes on in you know the new generation that you just like having to be in, being able to understood, being, being able to understand? Yeah, you know, I mean, one of the benefits of being a college president is that I'm always around 18 to 22 year olds. Right. 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 So I always feel like I probably overestimate this, but I always feel like I've got a little bit of cultural awareness. Right. right. I kind of know what's going on. I'd say you do. <laughs> and <laughs> and also I've got a 15 year old in the house, too, which helps a lot as well. Um, so, you know, I tend to not be very critical, um, you know, about different generations, things like that. I will Thank say you. I mean, that we're on so we're on social media. I will say it's a challenge for all of us. Right. I mean, there's so many great benefits to social media. I use it. Um, Twitter, Instagram. And I use it mainly to connect with people, right? And to connect the university with people. So I'm always positive, never negative. I only tweet when the Bulldogs win. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's nothing but sunshine and rainbows with me on on Instagram and Twitter. Which, hey, the Bulldogs have been winning They've been a winning. Lot. They've been winning. Um, but I, I would say I think, I think all of us have to figure out how we break out of the temptations to use social media to be a replacement for healthier dialogue, yeah. right? And so I don't know that I coined this term, but I would say one thing I would encourage all of us, your generation, to do is, you know, one of the, one of the things I love about your generation, I love about college students today is that you're so passionate about, about the things you believe in. You know, you're so passionate about making the world better. Um, uh, you're so dedicated to pointing out injustice when injustice needs to be called out. You're so good at identifying authenticity and calling out, you know, inauthentic things. I love that about your generation. My generation was all about the, you know, all about the the feel, the look. You know, we were we were branding and advertiser executives' dreams in, in my <laughs> yeah. in my generation. We just sucked it all in and yeah. believed it all. But, but the idea that you know um, any of us could sit back in our bedroom and tweet or post on social media and think we're really making a difference is just a, a big lie, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, there are the roles for social media for that. We can, we can talk about a lot of ways social media has contributed to, to making the world better. But we, we got to get out of this you know, pattern where we, we 
you know, we we do a Facebook post, we do an Instagram post, and we think we've done something good in the world, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I've called that slacktivism. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, we think we're being activists, but really we're slackers when right. we do that. And so I think we've just got to, I think we've got to figure that out. But I'm, look, I would not be in the job I'm in if I was not incredibly optimistic <laughs> about the future. Yeah, right? that's I would true. not be in the job I'm in. And you're investing in the youth. Absolutely. Exactly. So I believe in you guys. And <laughs> I am absolutely optimistic about the future. Um, the, the world will be better because you guys are in it. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a lot. Um, and I guess that, I mean. So I have a question for you real quick. Oh, oh of course. It. So Club Sandwich. Yes. Right. Okay. So I've thought about at least three interpretations of that, right? <laughs> so Sandwich, um, obviously Sam Mitchell. Yeah. But, you know, Sammy U. So it does kind of conjure up the, the whole, you know, Samford thing. Mitchell, are we about to get copyrighted? <laughs> and, um, but then a third, and, and maybe this is the hot take, you just really like sandwiches, you know, especially Ooh. ones that other people make for you. So, so tell me about the whole sandwich. Is it just Sam, Mitch? Is that it? Or were you thinking about other things as well? We can. I, I can explain first where yeah. what yeah. my inspiration was. Go for we have it. Different things. Go for it. For me, it was Sam. We want to do a show together. Um, your name's Sam. My name's Mitch. Sandwich. Oh, it's like sandwich. It's yeah. kind of like a pun. Yeah. And then you like you know, the branding is around like a sandwich, and they're like, oh, it's like a like a club sandwich. It's both like the show is kind of like a club, but yes. like a club sandwich is a thing. Like That's it. been my like interpretation. Okay. I think you originally you had the idea of sandwich. I think I, I'll take credit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the the way I remember it being. We had just had several friends be like, oh my gosh, y'all banter so well and like go off of each other's jokes. Y'all should do a podcast. And we were like, no, podcasts are dumb. <laughs> and then got convinced. Um, and uh, I think we, we were sitting around at your house over the summer just trying to think of things. And we had like the Sam and Mitch show yeah, was one I like idea. It. It's good. Um, but it's got the... Samford thing going yeah. on too, and yeah, that, that's just unfortunate the way my parents named me, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's all good. <laughs> and then, yeah, I think you had the sandwich idea, and I had the club sandwich yeah, idea because yeah. I wanted it to be like I, something to more than just a sandwich. <laughs> I guess that's where we've ended up. Yeah. But um, well, you're you guys are onto something. I really like it. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Thank this you. We great. appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. I'm a big fan of club sandwich. Wow. Oh. That's that huge. that just warms yeah. my heart, Doctor Taylor. <laughs> it's a cold day outside, and I'm I'm just gonna be warm and fuzzy the rest of the day now. Yeah. Um, I think that's about yeah. all I've got. Absolutely, Doctor Taylor. Thank you so much for coming. Thank on the you. Show. Yes. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, we we want to just we know you're a busy man, and it takes a lot to find a way out of the the workflow for you. But we really appreciate that. You came on the show, and we're glad you had fun because the goal was like, we wanted you to walk away thinking, "Wow, I could have spent that hour of my day doing paperwork <laughs> and like, <laughs> shaking hands with businessmen, but instead, I got to talk about chariots of fire and go. Nirvana with two sophomores." Love and it. My dream of aviation. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, is there anything like you'd like to shout out or get out there to, of course, our audience of mostly Sanford students? Hey, go Bulldogs! Up? Right. I mean, when this, when this episode airs, we'll be hours away from kickoff. I think. Sounds or the good. first uh, football playoff game ever hosted 
wow. at Stanford University. That's, That's huge. Big. It's yeah. a big, big deal. The southeastern so, Louisiana. South, southeastern Louisiana. We're coming. Yep. The Bulldogs are. They coming. better look right. out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. As per usual, I've been Sam. And I've been Mitch. And this has been an extremely special episode of Club Sandwich. Yeah. See Goodbye. You guys.